city to city, state to state, worldwide, you are in the zone, baby. Welcome to the Alliance to XFL show, covering everything from the Alliance to the XFL. And now, here's Arlington Lane. Welcome to the debut edition of the Alliance to XFL show. I am the A-Train, Arlington Lane. Coming up on this debut show, I'll be joined by Howard Balzer. He's covering the inaugural campaign, and we'll talk everything Alliance, including how enticing it was for him to participate with this new league. But first, let's get over to some XFL news, as recently, former Oklahoma football coach Bob Stoops has taken the job as head coach and general manager of the new XFL Dallas team. And also, in addition, former Michigan assistant Pep Hamilton will be the head coach and general manager of the XFL DC team. Now, that was reported by the Athletics' Bruce Feldman. So it sounds like that the XFL is trying to nab some of the Alliance's spotlight as they head into their debut weekend. Uh, it also it looks like there will be some more announcements that will be made, you know, as the first quarter of the year kicks into high gear. Also, one of the big things that the Alliance was talking about was the, the app back in March of last year. And that is now available on the Google Play Store. So go ahead and pick up your Alliance app if you want to participate. Uh, in some of the uh, features that they have where you can actually predict what the next play is going to be and you'll get to follow the game as it goes uh, in real time. So that is something big. It's the Alliance of American Football app and you can pick it up at the Google Play Store. So we'll step aside here and take a break. But when we come back, Howard Balls is going to be joining me and we're going to talk everything Alliance. And again, like I said, I want to know what was enticing about the Alliance. So you sit right there, get a snack, come right back. We'll be back with more of the debut edition of the Alliance to XFL show right here on the In The Zone Network. My name is Ronnie and I have used VK Credit Repair for 30 days and in 30 days my credit score has gone up 90 points. Kendra gave me a clear plan of what we needed to do in order to make the improvements on my credit. She did them for me. She came through on every deadline. She gave me instructions on what to do, what not to do. I saw four collections fall off in 30 days. That's what she did for me. My future in regards to business for my children and for me looks very promising and bright. And it's a small investment in your time and your money in regards to what it can do for you overall. So I'm just so appreciative of it. And I stand behind her because I've seen magic. I've seen it. I owe all of that to Kendra and DK Credit Repair. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You listen to the In the Zone Network, baby. This is it. Welcome back to the Alliance to XFL show, the A Train Arlington Lane. 
got our special guest on the line right now. He has covered professional football for a long time. I can't even tell you how long it has been. But this season, he's covering the inaugural season of the Alliance of American Football. And I have with me on the line, Howard Balzer. Howard, how are you doing today? Arlington, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Hey, how, I just wanted to know really quick off the bat, what enticed you, you know, into covering uh, the Alliance? It's a really good question. And just certainly the love of football is, is number one. I've always had a fascination with new leagues as they've come along. I, I really enjoyed, you talk about how many years have I covered, covered football. I really enjoyed the USFL mm-hmm. uh, when it was around and covered that closely uh, back in the 80s. And, and so was kind of disappointed when that league went away because I thought they were really onto something there. But, of course, our current president of the United States did a great job in, in making sure that that – well, he wasn't making sure the league would go away, but he cert- the things he did certainly led to that. Right. So I've always had a fascination with it. And, and most leagues have come along and haven't, haven't you know, done enough to capture uh, people and didn't have, weren't funded uh, good enough. But when I saw what this league was doing and having Bill Polian – involved right mm-hmm. from the start mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself hey they're, they're going to put together quality football and the and then plus from the developmental standpoint there's always been people in the nfl owners gm certain men, that they they say i we, we needed the developmental league right. but the nfl never wanted to pay for it you know they did they did pay for the world league for a number of years, yeah, but Europe. it just wasn't, yeah, NFL Europe, and then they changed it, you know, into different names and all that. Right. But it just got to the point where they were spending a lot of money and didn't feel that it was, it was worthwhile enough. So now the NFL loves this because they're not spending anything on it. <laughs> and, and so, but there's an opportunity now for guys that have, have, you know, weren't on teams last year. Some guys didn't even get that first look. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you go to training camp, you, as you all know, Arlington, with 90 players, right. and 53 are going to make it. And a lot of those guys, there's, a lot of times there's not that much difference between the last 10 guys that make an NFL roster and the first 10 guys or even a few more that are cut. Mm-hmm. There's not that much of a difference. And, of course, you have a practice squad, but then, but then the, the players after that. Well, and, and plus those guys that are in training camp, they're not getting a lot of reps uh, uh-huh. because the, the coaches are getting guys ready to play that they know are going to play in the season. And so they're not getting a lot of reps. Well, now you have the Alliance and, of course, the XFL next year right. where a lot of these players will be getting a lot of the reps, granted, on a lower level, but still getting those. And then that coaching, which is so important, that they didn't get when they were in the NFL, or if they weren't with an NFL team, they didn't get it at all, you know, after college. So it's a great way to, um, you know, to, to get some of that accomplished. And with the coaches in the league, that the Alliance has with Mike Martz and Steve Spurrier and, yep. um, you know, Dennis Erickson and Mike Singletary, I'm not naming them all, but uh, <laughs> they're quality coaches. They yep. put together good staffs and, and there's a mix of experience on staff and a lot of young guys. Like Oz Hakeem, for example, is a receivers coach with right. March yeah. and with the San Diego team. So he's getting a taste of coaching. Mm-hmm. And if he likes it and wants it, 
then who knows? He, you know, it's not only this is this league's not only an opportunity for players, exactly, but it's an opportunity for coaches also. And so all of that fascinated me. So I had talked to some people in the league, and one thing led to another. And so, like you said, I was in training camp for two weeks. Uh, they had all eight teams were in San Antonio mm-hmm. uh, for their training camp, right. uh, practicing at different locations around the city. Uh, they were there from January 4th to the 31st. They just left last week mm-hmm. to go back to their home cities. And so it's about four weeks. I was there for two okay. and went around to different places. And they had a, a four preseason games on uh, the Sunday and Monday of that second week I was there. And they got them into the Alamo Dome and had them in regular uniforms and, and played them like games. And I'll tell you something, Arlington, mm-hmm. when you watch those games and if you didn't know who the players were, you're going, well, okay, that's, it's football. It's not <laughs> that much different than the NFL. It's just not as high level a player, but it's competitive. Right. And so it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting you know, to see how it goes. So I'm, I'm kind of you know, excited to be in, you know, help doing some writing for the website, yeah. AAF.com, yep. uh, actually doing some voiceovers on some different, um, you know, film, you know, video packages wow. uh, that they have. So it's, it's kind of fun and kind of exciting to be involved in this. And, and the, the big part about it is I'm one of those guys, Arlington, when the Super Bowl's <laughs> over and you're going, okay, yeah, we've got the combine and we've got free agency. We've got all that stuff right. waiting for the next season. Exactly. But it's a long time until football, you know, football, real foot, you know, football games come back. Well, here we have it. Now we have football games, you know, starting this weekend. Right. And it's it's going to be real interesting to see, especially from the standpoint of the eyeballs that they're going to get at games and on their TV partners, which, you know, the, the Alliance has CBS, CBS Sports Network, yep. NFL Network is going to do two games a week. And then also with uh, through Turner with Bleacher Report, they're going to, there's going to be a game that's streamed uh, each week. So that's, that's it's amazing. going to be interesting to see the reaction. We're talking with Howard Balzer, who is covering the inaugural season of the uh, Alliance of American Football right here on the Alliance to XFL show. And, uh, Howard, you kind of jumped ahead a little bit on my next question that I wanted to ask, but I want to step aside for just a second because i got to talk about the XFL. Um, the XFL, uh, of course, is uh, they're going to, you know, you said they're coming out in 2020, and there's going to be a team in St. Louis. Will we possibly see you just, maybe not cover it, but see you at those games when they arrive? Well, who knows? I mean, you know, who knows what, what will happen? You know, mm-hmm. I'm, with, I'm with the Alliance now. Okay. And, you know, the, like you said, the XFL is coming. They're going to be naming their coaches uh, a bunch of them, I know Dallas is, is being announced, and yep. and so they're going to be announcing coaches, and then you know rolling all that out in the next several weeks. So you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the my my role with the alliance is still being mm-hmm. um, solidified, and you know we'll see where that goes and and what it leads to next year. And so if I'm, if I'm still with the alliance, then then. I don't know. I might not be able to go to XFL games, <laughs> depending on how it works out. If I'm going to other games in the other league, so. Right, right. But you know, I I always leave. You know, the the one thing that I've always done wherever I've been, and uh, I've always left. You know, I never close doors. You know, there's there's, there's doors that are always open, yeah. and you just decide which which door to go through. And so we'll you know we'll see. But but I am excited for St. Louis uh, that uh, there will be a team in the XFL, mm-hmm. and and so it, it's great for the city. I think everyone will understand this isn't the NFL, but it will be football. 
and it's you know it, it's great it's great for the city and 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 especially when you look at this Arlington that as as you're aware mm-hmm. is that in the XFL St. Louis is the only city in the league for that inaugural season that is not an NFL city. That's correct. That Whereas correct. the Alliance, there's only two two cities that have NFL teams, Phoenix and Atlanta. Right. And the other six uh, six cities are all places that don't have an NFL team. So that's an interesting approach mm-hmm. that I think the XFL has taken, right. especially to be in places like New York, like Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., I mean, Los Angeles is funny to me in a little bit, a little, in some ways, because the people in L.A. don't even care about the Rams or the Chargers. <laughs> so, you know, so if you saw some of the TV ratings yeah. for some of the playoff games in L.A. and even in the regular season games, then you look at that and you say, boy, they're, they're going to have a challenge of getting people out to those games and get them interested in Los Angeles. But, you know, that, everybody loves a challenge, and yes, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I think one of the uh, other cities, uh, Tampa, was a, a surprise for me as well. I know they wanted to put a team in Florida, and uh, the right. uh, initial reports then were saying that Orlando was going to be in the mix, and they were going to play at a, uh, Camping World Stadium. That was the uh, rumors that was going out at the time. But when they chose Tampa, it was a big surprise, you know, that they were uh, actually going there than any other city in Florida. Well, let's remember the Alliance has a team in Orlando. That's correct. And so, you know, that would have been probably a little difficult to have two teams. Now, granted, Orlando is not that far from Tampa, right? But it would it would have been. I think that would have been a little uh, a little difficult to have both teams playing in the same city. And so, you know, Tampa made a little bit of sense. And Tampa, of course, could could end up being the site. Uh, you know, if they decide to do what the Alliance did and have training camp in one place. Uh, Tampa would be, you know, the you know, kind of a perfect spot for it because the only other ones would probably be Texas, Dallas, or Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Los Angeles, I don't think you'd want to want to be there just because it's so expensive and so spread out. Right. That you know, the great thing about San Antonio is all the practice sites and the hotels where the team stayed were all within, you know, 15 miles, you know, of each other. Right. And from and from their very you know, they're very vibrant downtown. So it was kind of a perfect spot uh, for, you know, for training camp there. So, you know, who knows? Tampa could end up being the site uh, for that if they choose to go uh, in that direction uh, for the XFL. We're going to actually take a brief timeout, and Howard, uh, I want you, when we come back, I want you to talk a bit more about the gameplay that you saw, uh, you know, when you were out in San Antonio for the scrimmages and uh, some more things about the league and matchups that you're looking forward to when you see uh, this inaugural weekend, okay? Absolutely. All right, so we'll st- stay tuned. We'll come back with more with Howard Balzer right after this. You're listening to the Alliance to XFL show right here on the In the Zone Network. This is In The Zone. They all want to know what's causing all this. In St. Louis, the talk of the NFL, a talk of professional football, is alive and well again. Now you got got Benjamin Albright and and Albert Breer on the air in St. Louis radio talking about the possibility of football coming to St. Louis. But why is this happening? You know why? Because Derek... King sparked the conversation on the In the Zone Network. 
city to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to V and the Zone Network. Back on this edition of the Alliance to XFL show, the A-Train Arlington Lane here. And talking it over with Howard Balzer, who is covering the inaugural season of the Alliance of American Football. And let's get right back into it, Howard. Um, you had spoke about in the last segment about that you got a chance to go to San Antonio and check out the games themselves. What was your thoughts about the gameplay that the Alliance is trying to uh, put together for the season? Well, like I said, it was it was you know, it was pretty quality football. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, some of the executives in the Alliance were pleasantly surprised. They didn't know what to expect when they played the games. And that happens a lot of times. You're going through practice and you're doing that. And they, there were some joint practices there where two teams practice with each other. Right. But still, that's not a, a real game. It's not game conditions. It's not with the full uniforms on and all that. Now, they didn't have fans in the stands. It was an empty Alamo Dome. Mm-hmm. But everything else was done like a real game and as you watch you're going okay these these you could tell that they were well coached that they had worked hard for about the three and a half weeks at that point that they had been there and you know players were flying around i mean defenses were you know the quarterback play was pretty solid and and that that's obviously going to be a big part of any league is how you know how do the offenses play to what level and, you know, they've got guys like, uh, you know, Christian Hackenberg, mm-hmm. uh, who's playing for Memphis, right. who, of course, uh, it just didn't work out for him uh, with the Jets as a second-round pick. And he's gone through – he's gotten a lot more coaching, you know, working with him uh, closely. You know, the one thing I've always thought with the with the uh, NFL, Arlington, is they get these young quarterbacks in, right. and then they don't even allow them to – you know, get a playbook as a rookie until until April or May, mm-hmm. and they get on the field with OTAs, and then there's the other quarterbacks that are already on the roster. And so for, for guys that aren't those obvious, you know, high-round picks, and Hackenberg was a second-round pick, right. it's, you know, it, it's a t- it can be a tough adjustment. Well, you know, the, the quarterback's coach at Memphis is a guy named David Lee, and he was really working with Hackenberg on his mechanics. And, and maybe got you know some more specific coaching than uh, you know, real close-up coaching than he had gotten uh, with the Jets, and they corrected some things. And he's excited. He's he's obviously excited for this opportunity. Now we'll see how it plays out in the field. Uh, but he looked pretty good in that scrimmage uh, that I that I that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Matt Sims, who's bounced around the NFL with practice squads and training camps with different teams, the the son of uh, Phil Sims. Uh, he he he's in the league, so certainly that's going to be you know a big part of it to have a quarterback's uh, play and also the offensive lines. You know, we look around the NFL and you can see teams that really struggle on offense, and a lot of times the quarterback gets blamed or the offensive coordinator gets blamed, but a lot right, of times right. it's the play of the offensive line, and so it's hard to find good offensive linemen and then get them playing together, and that's that's going to be a challenge uh, for this league. But you know they they held their own. In a lot of these games, because there's some, you know, there's some fast, athletic, defensive players mm-hmm. uh, in this league, and like I said, they're flying around the field. So that's going to be the thing. I think the one thing that'll be interesting to watch as these games start is that, as we know, a lot of times 
even in the NFL, it can take a few weeks for offenses to really start getting into rhythm and playing well together. And so if it gets off to a little shaky beginning there, then you hope that people stick with it uh, for when it, you know, for when it, as it will improve as the season goes on. But, you know, that's going to be something that'll be very important with both these leagues. And when they finally, when they finally take the, take the field, but you know, Trent Richardson is, is with Birmingham. I was happy. And so, Yeah, and so, so there, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, like I said earlier, for guys that have been in the NFL and it didn't work out for whatever reason, and, and, and they were actually on rosters for a year or two or however long. There's other guys who have been to training camps, never made a team, but have been on practice squads. Mm-hmm. Then there's some others who didn't even, didn't even get a tryout uh, coming out of college or weren't in a training camp. And some of those guys now have the opportunity to to be noticed, and you know you never know. Hey, you never know where the next Kurt Warner yep. or Mike Furry or whatever names you want to mention, the guys <laughs> that that didn't get that initial opportunity in the NFL. I remember Mike, Mike Furry came to the Rams and had been playing arena football, right. and he ended up having a nice you know five or six year career in the NFL. So you never know where these guys are going to emerge from, but I think it's fair to say that. A bunch of these guys are, you know, they're going to create their own stars, whatever you want to call them, stars, you know, really good players mm-hmm. that, you know, people in the markets are going to say, hey, he's a pretty good player. It's fun to watch these guys. It's going to be fun. And uh, and I think that's what, you know, that's what the fans are going to see. And, you know, this weekend, um, you know, there's two games. Well, there's, there's games on CBS on Saturday and the NFL right. Network and, and then CBS Sports Network on Sunday. And so, you know, all these games are going to be available uh, for fans to watch and, and, to, and to sample it and, and see what they think. Exactly. Uh, we're talking with Howard Balzer, who's covering the uh, inaugural season of the Alliance of American Football here on the Alliance to XFL show, our debut episode. And uh, Howard, you had spoke about some of the players that, you know, have made their uh, way into the NFL. And now they're playing for the Alliance. One, uh, a couple of those names that you actually got a chance to cover when you were uh, when you are covering the St. Louis Rams uh, when they were here. Uh, and that, those names are Zach Stacy and Chris Givington. Both of them are playing with the uh, Memphis team. Is is that correct? Yeah, and uh, you know, I I had a chance to see Zach uh, after uh, after they played in one of those preseason games. He was he was uh, coming walking out of the locker room as I was heading somewhere else, and he looked at me with like kind of a quizzical look. Yeah, and I said Zach, right? He says yeah, and I said, oh yeah, how you doing? Da 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 da, you know and. <laughs> He, he hadn't he hadn't been in the NFL for the last couple of years, right. but he was just real excited uh, for for the opportunity. And so, you know, once again, you know, I'm not going to overstate it and say that this is going to be, you know, quote NFL level football. But I've always felt whatever the level, Arlington, whether it's high school, mm-hmm. whether it's major college, whether it's Division two, II, Division three, whatever it is, when you have you know, competitive teams playing against each other mm-hmm. and they're, and they're fun to watch. Then that's, that's what football is all about. And so I think this is going to be an opportunity for fans, especially in the cities where there are teams, but even, even fans elsewhere uh, to say, Hey, here's football. It'd be fun to watch football and maybe not as emotionally invested in these teams as, as fans in the NFL are, which mm-hmm. maybe can be a good thing. You know, you don't live and die with it. You know, you're watching just to just to see good football, and as long as it's like I said, competitive. And some of the rules 
that they're going to have, I think, are going to be intriguing for fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I've heard about that. There, there, there's no kickoffs. Uh, there's no kicked extra points. Yeah. You have to go for two. And so on the kickoffs, you'll, the, the team uh, will just get the ball on the 25-yard line. Uh-huh. Um, the, the real intriguing part is the overtime and onside kicks, which there will not be onside kicks. Right. Uh, the overtime will be, and I'm going to be curious when the NFL sees some of this stuff, if they start thinking, hey, you know what? We need Maybe that's not a bad idea. <laughs> and and, and with, with overtime, for the regular season, obviously it will be different in the postseason. Right. For the regular season, they're going to give each team the ball. Each team will have one possession from the, op- from the opponent's 10-yard line. So it will be first and goal from the 10. you got four plays to score a touchdown. Can't kick a field goal. And, and then you have to go for two. Then the other team gets the ball. And if it's a tie, it stays a tie. And one team wins, obviously, after the second possession. Mm-hmm. They win. So that, that's one interesting aspect of it. Really? But the onside kick is, is, is intriguing because there won't be an onside kick. What, what there will be is fourth and 12 from the 28-yard line. Hmm. And, you have, and you have one play to make 12 yards. If you make it, 12 yards. And they thought the 10 might be a little too easy. They wanted to make it somewhat hard. They thought 15 would be too long. So they came up with 12. Hmm. But it'll be something that doesn't mean to last forever. You know, they'll look at it, and who knows? Maybe it'll change in year two. Who knows? Right. But it's fourth and 12. And if you make it, you keep the ball. If not, the other team gets it. And so I have to tell you, in one of the preseason games, the San Diego team, coached by Mike Martz, Man, they had a bunch of turnovers in the first half, and, uh-huh. and they fell behind, but they were moving the ball, but then they get a turnover. So there's about seven minutes left in the game, and they're down by 19 points. They move down the field and score a touchdown, mm-hmm. make the two-point conversion, right. and it's now an 11-point game. Okay. They go for the, the, the fourth and 12, and they make it. Wow. And so, and so now they keep the ball. They drive down the field. And with about a minute and a half to go, they score again, make the two-point conversion to make it a three-point game. Right. And now, quite frankly, you know everybody's rooting for them to make the fourth and 12 again <laughs> and then to see if they can get down the field either to win or to tie it and then get to the, the 10-yard you know, overtime thing. Yeah. Well, so they go for it on fourth and 12, and it looks like the guy's going to make it. And, and someone, I'm trying to remember, I don't even remember, Cindy, I'm trying to remember who they played. doesn't matter really comes up and makes an excellent, ta- almost a Mike Jones tackle. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the guy's one yard short you gotta be of kidding. making the fourth and 12. But I'll tell you, it was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting to watch. And so you will see that. And, and the other thing they'll do is you can't, um, you can't just do that at any time mm-hmm. during, during the game. You can do that in the last five minutes of regulation. Or if at some point, after you score, you're down by 17. You're still down by 17 points or more. So, for let's say there's, you know, it's the third quarter, mm-hmm. and the other team scores, and then you score, and it's more than 17 points. You can try it then if you choose to. Wow. Um, and so, those, yeah. So those are little tweaks, you know, that they have in the rules. And 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 the other thing they're going to have is a chip in the football. The technology that people are going to see mm-hmm. is is pretty amazing. And they're going to have a chip in the football so people who have the Alliance app on their mobile device, phone, whatever it might be, yes. 
can will log on to this and actually predict plays during the game. Okay, well, I think Joe Smith is going to get the ball here in a running play, or they're going to pass the ball to Bill Brown. And at some point, they're going to have where you can actually bet on it of, oh, wow. of, what, of, of what the upcoming plays are going to be. And I think there might even be a little bit of a fan, fantasy component to it. So the technology that they're going to have along with the games is going to be very, very unique. That's amazing. Talking with uh, Howard Balzer, we're going to uh, wrap, uh, wrap it up with this uh, final question I have to ask you. Um, I mean, it's going to be like a two-parter, so I want to see you know how you feel about it. One, do you really think like the league can uh, gain long-term stability? Do you think the Lions can gain that? That you know, that's the that I that's the question. You know, I I think it can. Obviously, that'll be you know driven by the market. And you know, the one thing that the XFL had when it was around in the early 2000s, they had pretty good you know fans. They had pretty good support from the fans. The TV audience wasn't there to a great degree, mm-hmm. but the only thing they would they, they had one game a week on NBC on Saturday night, and they treated it more like entertainment than football. And, you know, they had wrestling announcers doing games. Right. And it was more like a sideshow than yeah, anything else. It was. Well, the XFL realizes. And by the way, you know, Charlie Ebersol, who I mentioned is running the Alliance, mm-hmm. his, his dad, Dick Ebersol, the longtime president of NBC Sports, was at NBC when the XFL was around. Right. And he was a big part of that league coming, you know, to NBC. Mm-hmm. And he acknowledges, and, and everyone acknowledges, that you, you have to have good football to have sustainability. And so that's what they've really worked hard in the alliance of doing and that's what that's what it, you know it looks like the XFL is doing this time around. And while the, you know they expect players to get opportunities in the NFL and that's a big part of what their selling point to the players, mm-hmm. let's be real about it. Right now there's 52 players on every alliance roster. That's 416 guys. I I'm going to say that a bunch of them are going to have tryouts and be and go to NFL camps or at least OTAs um, when the spring rolls around in May. But how many is that going to be? Fifty, a hundred? I don't know. But it's certainly not going to be four hundred and sixteen. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then how many of and how many of those guys are going to make it an NFL team? Some, but certainly not a large number. So those guys will then be able to go back to to the alliance, and so. And to keep, and so, you know, because they're getting paid to play football, and these guys are doing it, doing it for the love of the game. Right. So I think it, it comes down to having good football that people will have an interest in in the in the late winter and spring in these cities. And so, do, can I say it will happen? No, I can't absolutely say it will. Right. But I think they've got a heck of a shot at it because it looks like the alliance definitely has with the football people involved in it and the XFL is getting football people involved in it, mm-hmm. that they will have a heck of a shot of, of having that, you know, sustained success, you know, over time from year to year. And, and the more that guys go to the NFL from, from these teams, that only helps the credibility of the teams where, where fans can say, hey, you know, yeah, I'd like, I'd, like, I'd like my guy, you know, to stay here, but if they're good enough to go to the NFL, that just shows that this is quality football. That's amazing. Um, and uh, real quick before you go, uh, what matchup are you really looking forward to this uh, opening weekend? Well, one of them is, is uh, the game that's on. I mentioned there's two games on CBS 
on Saturday. One will go to a smaller part of the country, and that's Atlanta or Orlando. Mm-hmm. San Diego at San Antonio is the main game on CBS. It'll be 7 o'clock uh, Central Time. Mm-hmm. And that's CBS. We're not, I'm not talking about CBS Sports Network. You know, that's, that's big, big CBS <laughs> on Saturday evening. Yeah. And so, you know, getting a chance to see Mike Marks and his team and see how they're able to do. And San Antonio's put together a pretty good team. And they sold, a, from what I've been told, a pretty decent number of tickets. So I'm interested in that matchup. And, and then the, the other one, a couple others, Memphis is at Birmingham. And I'm very curious, as I was talking about Christian Hackenberg, right. and see you know, how he plays in this first time out on the road uh, at Birmingham. And Arizona is, is a team that fans are going to see is very enthusiastic. They had, a, they had a guy have an interception return for a touchdown in that preseason game, mm-hmm. and all the players ran onto the field. They were whooping and hollering on the sideline, <laughs> and Rick Neuheisel is Arizona's coach, yeah. and he has said we've had two main words during training camp, and that is work and have fun. And and those guys, you could see they were having fun. So I'm um, I'm and that's one of the course one of the NFL cities in in Arizona. So I'm very curious, you know, to see how they do in terms of fans. So I, I think all of them have a, have a chance to have some you know pretty interesting matchups. And 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 so you know, hey fans, I know I'm sure fans will be sampling it. And 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 what 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 I said is. You hope they just, you know, stick with it. You know, you're not going to see championship-level football in week one, given that these teams have only been in camp for three and a half years. But I'm fairly confident there's they're going to be competitive games and fun football to watch. Indeed, indeed. As a matter of fact, uh, I (laughs) – I saw the uh, championship odds that you can check out on our website at alliance2xfl.com and that uh, the Arizona team is at 5-2 to two on the championship odds of them winning it all. And uh, do you see, when you saw uh, the gameplay out there, did you see any team that looked like they could be at a championship-level team? I'm not, you know, I don't know how they come early? up with those odds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's you know, and, but they're, they're, obviously it's to generate interest and all that. But from seeing Arizona, I do see a team that certainly looks very together. Yep. And, but I, but but a lot of the teams have been like that. You know, it's like, it's it's kind of Arlington and all for one, one for all. You know, everybody's making the exact same amount of money. You know, everyone is just playing for the love of the game, and being in camp together in that environment. You know, a lot, talked to a bunch of players who said it's, it's been great. You know, bonding experience and getting to know you know, different guys and getting to know each other. And so, I mean, come on, toss a coin. <laughs> toss a coin who might, you know, win a championship. You know, who has the best defense? Who has the best offensive line? You know, I'll bet these people making the odds, they couldn't even name a guy on any of the team's <laughs> offensive lines, you know. But, you know, who's going who's to have the best quarterbacking? You know, the, the, you know, the receivers, there's some, there's some pretty good ones that can go and get the ball. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, Arizona's as good a pick. I, you know, someone asked me that while I was down there, and I said, "Well, you have to believe that San Diego should be pretty good with Martz, you know, as the head coach." Exactly. And, but we'll exactly. see how. But he's got some young quarterbacks that don't have uh, a lot of experience, and so yep. you know, a big part of it will be how how those guys uh, will do when these are real games. And granted, they're not NFL games, but they're still real games, and and that can hit guys when there's fans in the stands and the lights are on. And all of a sudden, man, you're you know you're playing a game that you want to win, and so 
but you, you just can't get too amped up about it. So, so yeah, to, so to make a prediction, I think that would be like, that's even worse than throwing darts at a dartboard. <laughs> All right, Howard, well, thank you so much for coming on board. Hey, you have to come back again on the next show so you can tell us, you know, what you uh, experienced uh, with that uh, first game uh, or the games themselves, you know, and, and tell us what you uh, thought about them. All right. No, I definitely will. Definitely enjoy. Uh, we'll enjoy being on with you when, uh, whenever you want me uh, uh, to. Uh, it's good. It's good that you're that you're doing this. And yeah, I've been... you know, it's kind of you know, kind of exposing it to uh, to people. And you know, so you sent you sent me that link, and uh, when you have this all ready to go, and I'll be sure to I'll be sure to tweet it out. Oh no, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I've been following it since the announcement, especially you know in January for the XFL, and then in March of last year for the Alliance. So I was like, ever since then, I have been uh, wanting to. Uh, cover it and to you know see what this new product is all about you know I was kind of upset you know 10 years ago when the uh, the old UFL was out uh, uh, you had Jim Fossil and and right. uh, Marty Schottenheimer Jim Haslett. and Jim Hazlitt you know when they were doing that league and I was had big hopes for them and I'm like yes we getting something different and then it just didn't pan out you know the way that uh, it should have you know a lot of like financial problems like you know with the USFL and so you know that is the big thing about uh, these next two leagues is coming up it's going to be financial but also is, I think it's going to be a great spectacle for uh, more fans to see uh, outside of the NFL. Yeah, and I think one key in terms of when you ask about sustainability is that there's a lot of money being spent by investors. Uh, of course, there's more investors in the in the alliance where it looks like Vince McMahon is pretty much the main money behind the XFL. Right. But that people with money don't like to lose money. Exactly. And so when it when but they have to go into this understanding that it's gonna it's going to take time. To, to actually turn a profit, and who knows how long it would take to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the big key, that the money keeps flowing, even if there are some early struggles and some early aspects where you're just not bringing in, you know, tremendous dollars in revenue. And so, um, you know, Charlie Ebersol told a story that he would meet with investors, and, and they would talk about return on investment, you know, and all this, and you say, well, if that's what you're in this for, return on investment, how are you going to make money? He said, y- you could just throw all your money in onto the ground and burn it in a fire, <laughs> and you would, you know, you, you probably wouldn't do much much better uh, with this in the beginning. And so, but he, you know, he believes he's gotten people who are going to, um, you know, stand the test of time. But, yes. you know, that, that's easy to say up front exactly. when... The, the checks keep being written, and and, and so you you want to start seeing that there is hope, and that's that's going to be the obviously that's the challenge. All right, well, Howard, thank you so much, man. Uh, where can they find you on uh, social media? Social media is h balzer b a l z e r seven two one on Twitter, and as I mentioned, uh, the writing I'm doing for the for uh, for the Alliance is at their website a a f as in Frank a a f dot com. Perfect. All right. Well, Howard, thank you so much. We definitely will get you back on. I will get you back on next week so that way we can talk some more about what you had seen over the past weekend, okay? Sounds good, Arlington. Enjoy being on with you. Take care. All right. Thank you. That is Howard Balzer, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, make sure that you go check out his articles at AAF.com. And also you can check him out on Twitter at he says HBalzer721. All right. 
we are going to actually close out. That is it for this edition of the Alliance to XFL show. Hope that you enjoyed it. Make sure that you check out, check us out next weekend. You always go to our website, Alliance to XFL.com. This is the A-Train Arlington Lane signing off. We'll catch you next time for another edition of the Alliance to XFL right here on the In the Zone Network.